This is a HeadGum Podcast. Before we start today's podcast, Aaron and I would like to talk to you about an amazing sponsor we have for the show called Athletic Greens. Aaron, I'm telling you, I use Athletic Greens literally every single day. Uh, I know. You tried to steal some of mine when you came over to my freaking house. Uh, Yeah, this is a story that Aaron loves to tell about how we were at her house doing some dumbbells business. She had some of her Athletic Greens travel packets scattered around haphazardly. They were were getting ready to be put in my suitcase. They were just tossed or carelessly tossed around. And I said, hey, can I get a couple of these? And she said, no, I need those for travel. And you have your own. And look, hey, it's a fair point. I'm not arguing the point. Uh, Look, Aaron and I, we like the Athletic Greens. We take it all the time. Let me tell you about Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens, their AG1 formula is going to help you with your gut health, give you more energy, optimize optimize your immune system, and cut down on the amount of pills and vitamins that you have to take. And guys, it actually tastes great. I look forward to the taste of it. It tastes good and healthy um, in a way. And I don't know if that makes perfect sense, but I can't think of a better way to describe it. Aaron, you? <laughs> no, I, um, I, I will say Athletic Greens got me taking like, like supplements every day because I was like, uh, like I'm just, it, I don't like to have to do anything other than drink my coffee every day. But this Athletic Greens, the taste is like healthy, but it's, yeah, you feel like your taste, you feels like you're a healthy person. You, you kind of walk with your chest held a little higher. You're kind of like, like your pinkies out. Like it feels good to drink. It's good. And it doesn't, it's not medicine. It, it feels like you're, it tastes like nature. Um, and yeah. with one delicious scoop of athletic greens or, or one of their travel packets we use when we're at home, we got a nice big tub of the stuff. One scoop you keep in your fridge, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Now you're getting, you, you're putting that into your body every single day. Good stuff's going to happen. I mean, it's true. That's like, it takes kind of the stress off of the rest of your day when you start out kind of like front loading all of that good stuff for your body. So it's, it's yeah. definitely become a staple in my life. Totally lifestyle friendly. Um, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free, uh, it contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no nasty chemicals, artificial, and it still managed to taste good. Like we talked about supports mental clarity, alertness. It is helped me recover with my workouts the next day. Like I feel ready to go again. It's yep, it really costing you less than $3 a day. So it's not going to break the bank. That's significantly less than Aaron's outlandish cold brew habit. Just wasting. <laughs> oh, that's the story that Stanger You're out likes there just <laughs> throwing money down the toilet. Yes. My, my cold brew. <laughs> My cold brew habit has gotten more expensive and this has yeah. stayed the same. So it is, t- it is cheaper and it is better for me. And so, yes, I do yep. now just do both Good. and I'm <laughs> drowning. Well, listen guys. Yeah. 
the founder yeah, uh, so there, huh? this because he's experiencing a ton of gut health and he was spending over a hundred dollars a day on supplements. So he came up with athletic athletic greens. Like we said, costing you less than three bucks a day. Aaron, what should the folks at home do? Thank you, Ryan. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dumbbells. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dumbbells to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is Aaron McGowan, certified personal trainer and brand new fan of Netflix's hit show, Ultimate. This is Ryan Stanger, certified personal trainer and longtime fan of photosynthesis. You have found The Dumbbells, a comedy fitness podcast. Committed to bringing you inspiration. Motivation. And sometimes everything goes well, uh, information. Hey, Dumbbells, let's get dumb. Uh, yeah, Aaron, I'm a fan of photosynthesis. Okay, I think it's pretty cool. Somehow the plants are able to get food from sunlight. I, I think like that it. is interesting, but I, I guess I wouldn't put it on a shirt. <laughs> you're not interested in it? <laughs> or you're not, not a, a fan, fan of it? I'm interested. Not, the big, big difference. Uh, I mean, do you like to eat food and survive and live? Okay. I think it's an important part of that. All right, I'll get a shirt. All right. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Have you even seen Ultimatum on Netflix yet? I haven't yet, but I will. If you recommend it, I'll watch it. I mean, it's like watching a train wreck. You you can't stop. You can't stop. It's insane. Is it, is it a reality show? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It's the kind of show that you put on when you when you're when you're dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, I'll watch tonight. <laughs> um, okay. Well, before you know, our guest laughs too hard in silence. Um, let's let's make the announcement today. We are very lucky to have boss, owner, top main guy of Adam Ruins Everything, Adam Connor. Hey, thank you hello, so much. For, hello, I talked hello. over you saying my name. Was that a problem? I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, he's like the guy. He's like the main guy. He's like the, he, he's either the main guy or he's like the best friend of the guy. Um, he's on the show a lot. Yeah, I think it's fair because mm -hmm. I've Adam's been nice enough to let me do a few things on the show, and I would describe him. You know, in this situation, he is the main guy on that show. I've done like one or two little things. I will say that that show, even the little part that I had to do, I had to say a lot, and it was a it was a humming hummingbird beakful compared to what. Adam has to say on that show, man. It's truly <laughs> incredible. And to see him do it all, like, and you're doing a lot of walk and talk and wonders and all that kind of, it's quite, it's, it's an incredible feat getting all that information in and making oh, it man, kind of. I, I, I really appreciate you saying that. Cause I, I really love the craft of performance of hosting or whatever. And it's not often that I get a really nice compliment about it specifically like that. Yeah. Somehow I just, 
maintained this this crazy ability to like have a whole block of statistics and citations and facts and look at it once, stick the script in my back pocket and just sort of do it from memory where I get it on the third or fourth try. You know, um, I, I don't know. And some actors I've worked with, uh, you know, have bad memories and have trouble handling it. It's very normal. But for some reason, I was I was born with a weird ability to do that. And then I just, I guess, designed a show to fit my <laughs> one skill where I had, hey, I can read big, I can remember for short periods. I don't remember them an hour later, but I can remember them 30 seconds after looking at them and repeat them word for word. That's my little skill. Maybe I should do a show like that. Yeah, well, I mean, you did, and it's something because in our... The episode that um that I'm talking about, we were talk we were discussing or you were discussing and breaking down traumatic brain injury from sports. And so oh, it was yeah. a lot of like giant word it wasn't just like, hey, here's some gobbledygook you kinda gotta remember. It was like fucking words that had to be the first time maybe anybody's ever heard them spoken out loud. <laughs> Let alone yeah, like medical said it. stuff. Yeah, yeah, medical stuff. We'd get very specific. Yeah, we did. A, we did a segment on um, CTE yeah. in sports and interviewed. Oh God damn it! I'm blanking on her name. Um, the uh, uh, incredible researcher at, at in Boston who uh, is uh, Anne something who is the like f- foremost researcher on like CTE and had her on the show, which was a real thrill. Um, yeah, she, uh, it, she was pretty, she was pretty fun too. Like she, you know, she's dealing with some heavy stuff and super serious, but oh, she yeah. was like good guest for the show and having some fun yeah. talking about it. Anne McKee is her name. She's like, she's like done incredible work this woman. Cause she discovered the fact that uh, I, I assume we can get to this cause this is an exercise podcast Yes, that, you know, concussions, the, the, the thing the NFL was trying to prevent were not the the really big issue with traumatic brain injury, it's little hits over and over and over again. Like, it's not just big tackles. It's like, you know, just like running into like a fucking dummy during training. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) causes your brain to slosh around, right? Yep. The, The metaphor is, and I'll never forget this, the way she describes it is, your brain is like a passenger in a car, but your brain doesn't have a seatbelt. So when, when the, your, your body is moving and your body stops, whether or not your head hits something, right? If your body just suddenly stops, your brain sloshes <gasps> around in your skull, bumps into the front of your skull, and it's a little bit damaged. And if it's damaged a lot, that's a concussion. But what she found is that just doing it over and over and over again, just say you run into that dummy, I don't know what they call them, but you know, you, you see in the football movies, the guys run yeah. into the dummy, yeah. right? That's yeah. exactly yeah. right. Tackling dummies, perfect. Sled, yeah. blocking uh, sled. Y- yeah. See this? He knows the lingo. He he likes. Uh, He does the football thing. (laughs) If you do that and you get that small hit a hundred times a day, hundreds of times a day for twenty years, that causes CTE. You could never get a concussion and still get CTE from that. And that's what she discovered. And that like changed the entire conversation around that. Although not enough, because what we should have learned from that is we just, everyone needs to stop playing tackle football. It's just the, it's just, there's no way to do it without causing permanent catastrophic brain injury to yourself. Yeah. I, you (laughs) know, having, having played, I agree. And like, uh, I would never let my son play. Fortunately, he's not interested in it, but I, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I got a lot of great things out of it, but I would not let him play. It's just not worth the risk. And that's, you know, that was Adam. That's such a key point is that it's these small, gradual the gradual build of these little tiny hits over time because the nfl patted themselves on the back by trying to eliminate some of the more dramatic you know uh, collisions by changing the rules but it doesn't you know just the very 
principle that the game's built on is that kind of meeting it, everybody meeting each other at the line of scrimmage is what's the issue mm-hmm. anyway. And yeah. so there's not really anything yep. you can do about it. But can I point out you're wearing a Rams hat right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, look, look, I'm conflicted. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, it's really funny, right? Because at the same time, look, I'm not a football fan because I didn't grow up with it. And, and I just, the sport doesn't appeal to me that much. And also just knowing what I know about it, I couldn't get into it now. Right. Um, but, uh, there's plenty of things that I, in my life love that I know too much about that. I still enjoy the Olympics is a good example. I love the Olympics and the Olympics is like one of the most fucked up, you know, organizations and events on earth. Mm. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't judge anybody for watching the NFL, but I do think we should all know, yes, you know, exactly what we are doing to these poor young men. I agree. And I maybe can maybe assuage some of my guilt in knowing that it it's out there and everybody should be informed. And, you know, and like, as far as like youth football and all that kind of shit, they really need to look into that. Cause it's, you know, those kids don't know any difference. We should look at it like boxing. It's, it, you know, like, yeah. like full, like Mike Tyson boxing, you know, we know that that's bad for people. You know that right. it's not like, hey, you can love boxing and go, oh, nobody should be doing this. Yes. You know, uh, it's, it's got that taint on it. It's yes. got that stink Ugh. on it. It should you know? have that same stink. You're right. That Yeah. yeah. As, a, as a combat sport with uh, all the yeah. inherent dangers out there and known. Stinger is slowly look, look, taking his tell hat me what off. You want He's to slowly do. taking the hat off. He said, I can't anymore. Um uh, but Adam, we want to talk about you. And so, yes. um, so the headline for this episode is that you recently ran a marathon. We want to hear yes. all about that. Yes. All the training that went into it and your experience. But before we get there, um, what, what has been your approach to health and fitness? And we can go back to kind of growing up and then as, um, you know, as an adult and, and where you stand on it and, and any question or any answer to this question works. I mean, we had people that absolutely fucking hate exercise and you know, people love to hear about that. And we also have people that, uh, you know, that love it and are obsessed. So, uh, so take us back. How did it start? Yeah. I mean, well, growing up, I was completely non-physical as a kid. Like my, my mom said to me once when I was a kid, she was like, if you were just like a brain in a jar, you'd be very happy. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, yeah, what do you mean by that? Like that's such a yeah, specific thing to say. And, and I'm glad like, you never forgot it. <laughs> so God, that's amazing. She, Did she get more she specific like, by, by referencing Krang from uh, Ninja Turtles? <laughs> from Ninja oh Turtles. yeah. I loved, I'm, I loved Krang from Ninja Turtles. Uh, I didn't even want the bot. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he's in, he's in, you got that's him. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, no, I, I, I just wanted to play video games, read books, watch TV. I was a major computer kid. You know, I, I just lived online. I got, you know, we got a cable modem before anyone else in my town. And I just spent like, you know, the late nineties, just locked onto the internet, like making websites and stuff like that. Oh my God. Um, that's so funny. Th- thought, I love it. Thought that, thought that sports were stupid. Um, didn't, you know, literally like in, in high school gym class, it was like, you know, I was one of the kids who would just do anything to not make an effort. Just like, (laughs) I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. And there was a point at which I remember like very specifically, like in middle school, you know, they were like, 
okay, you have a sport, you have a choice. You can play baseball or you can play tennis. And every other kid chose tennis except for me and my two nerdy friends. Uh, sorry, every other kid, every kid chose baseball. Every single ch kid chose baseball. Me and my other two nerdy friends were the literally the only kids who chose tennis. And so the gym teachers were just like, okay, you got you guys just go do whatever the fuck you want. Here's the tennis rackets. And we would just stand around on the tennis court and talk about Super Nintendo games while just like bouncing the balls or whatever, you know, like just unsupervised time. Right. And that was basically my approach to the entire, I was like, yeah, I'll change, but I'm not going to play the game. Like, right. I don't, I don't want to, like it hurts to do that. Like, why would I do that? Um, <laughs> I, I had bad depth perception. I still do. I can't catch a ball. Um, you know, I, 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 so I was always the kid who, uh, you know, even in like kickball, which is, you know, a big round ball, I would have to play outfield and I'd like, you know, when the ball came towards me, I would duck and dodge out of the way <laughs> and people would, all the other kids would be like, Oh, look at him. I was like, why aren't you guys doing that? Like it's, you, you don't want to get hit by the ball. What the fuck are you talking about? Never had any shame about this. Never had any interested in physical, interest in physical culture whatsoever. Um, that changed for me when I was in my. I was in my 20s and I was living in New York and I was doing comedy and I was uh, very, very, very unhealthy at that time in my life. I was taking um, Adderall for attention deficit disorder. Um, I was smoking and I was drinking like a lot. Like I've never been, a, I've done material about this on stage before. I've never been, uh, you know, an alcoholic, a blackout drinker. Um, but I was drinking to go to sleep from the Adderall. Mm. Um, and so I was in very, very bad shape Jesus, and, and I felt like shit. Um, and, uh, I went through in about a period of about a year. I was just like, I got to change everything. I was maybe like 25 and I, I went through like a big, uh, you know, uh, I'm just going to change everything about my life as much as I can all at once. I quit taking Adderall. I quit smoking, didn't quit drinking. That took an extra like 10 years to happen. Um, but I quit taking Adderall, quit smoking. And then the day that I quit smoking, I also started jogging. Um, oh. And it was, it was part of the reason, part of the reason I did, I, this is my first time thinking about this in a while. Part of the reason I did those on the same day was I, for the first time in my life, felt like I wanted to be in better shape. And also I was trying to make sure I couldn't start smoking again. Oh. Um, so I was like, I can't smoke and jog at the same time. So <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't have both habits. Right. So I'll quit one and start the other. My other strategy was I told everybody on the same day, I told everybody that I quit smoking and everyone was so proud of me. And I was like, I, I craved even more than a cigarette. I craved the approval of my friends. Uh, <laughs> like I wanted people to say, Adam is good job. We love yes. you. You know, I just craved yes. that. That's been always been a big driving factor for me. That's why I'm a comedian. <laughs> Same. Is, is to crave, to. Po crave positive attention and love. Yeah. Definitely and, trying to fill so, some hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, and so I did those things so that I could not start, start smoking again. Cause I didn't want to let down those friends. And also I didn't want to, I didn't want to quit jog, quit jogging. Um, so then I, uh, I'm sorry, this is, I'm going to get to the marathon. No, in a second. no, 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 you're no, fine. Take your, take your time. Cause this is all, this is all what we want. I real quick. What did you use anything else to help with stopping smoking or was it, um, just the yes. tools that 
Yes, no, I used, um, there's a very famous book. And, and often when I say that there was a book, people know the book that I'm talking about because this book is famous among people who have quit smoking. Have you ever read this book? Do you know the book I'm talking about? The Alan Carr book? The Alan Carr book, exactly right. Yeah. I knew you would know it was the Alan Carr Wait, book. The Alan Carr book is incredible. I didn't, but I just know about it from other people that have okay. uh, yeah. have similar stories. This, this book is incredible. This is like, this, this is like, um, uh, uh, this book is like, I'm sorry, it's a little off topic, but I love talking about no, this book. No, please. This book is like, if you got an, like people don't believe self-help books work. This book works so well. This is like if you got an email from a Nigerian prince saying, <laughs> I've got $2 million for you. And it turned out to be real. Yes. Like wow. that, like that is what this book is like. Um, is that one of your, it, it is works that one so of your fucking jokes? Well. That's a good joke. Thank yes. you. I, 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 I mean, I guess it is one of my jokes since yeah, I just told did. it. Yeah. Put it in, put it in. I, it, it worked. I don't know what to put it into. I don't have a chunk about this in my act. But <laughs> all right, all right, fine. It work. It works so well. And, and basically, the way the book works is it is it um, brainwashes you through. It's ter It's written terribly, but it repeats itself over and over again. And the essential thesis that it brainwashes you with. It brainwashes you with the truth, but it, it just like instills this in you over and over again. Is it says, "Don't try to cut back because when you cut back, you'll just." every cigarette will be even more precious to you, right? You'll be looking forward to that cigarette all day. What you need to remember is that smoking never gave you anything. It never made you feel better. It never relaxed you. Hmm. It never gave you anything positive. All it ever did was make you feel the way regular people feel all the time. Like you're, the reason you won't quit is you're afraid that you will want a cigarette every day for the rest of your life. But you know who never wants a cigarette? People who don't smoke. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, if, if wow. you quit smoking, you will feel like you just had a cigarette for the rest of your life, every moment of every day. So here's what you need to do. Throw the cigarettes in the trash and say, I am now a happy non-smoker and you're done. Um, and that's the basic thesis of the book. And I did it and it fucking worked. And, you know, uh, and then 10 years later, I read his book about quitting drinking and that was how I quit drinking too. It just took me 10 years longer to realize I was also addicted to alcohol <laughs> because we have a completely fucked up way of talking about alcohol in this country yeah. because I, I never fit alcoholic, right. right? But it took me, I'm not a 12 stepper. I'm not a blackout drinker. I, I never hit a rock bottom. I just got like fat and unhealthy. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, I, I'm not saying fat pejoratively. I literally, when I quit drinking, I lost, this was about four or five years ago. When I quit drinking, I lost 20 pounds yep. like, and it has never come back. Um, that's my body. Not everyone's body is that way, but like, um, I, I started sleeping better. I was astonished. And the only reason I was drinking was I was just addicted. And it was for me exactly like quitting smoking where I craved it every single day. And I believed that I needed to drink in order to, in order to enjoy life. Right. How could I possibly enjoy life? If I'm if sober people, they must be so unhappy. Then, then I was like, I finally clicked. This is exactly the th same thing I went through with smoking 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I quit drinking. I immediately started sleeping better. And now I, I feel I've, I don't ever miss drinking, like truly. Um, so anyway, uh, I didn't mean to make this Adam's uh, quitting things. Uh, <laughs> no, this is a different podcast. Maybe. There's somebody but. out there that needed to hear that. So that's good because, uh, you know, drinking, smoking, all that stuff comes up on the show all the time. Yeah. People write in. So it's good. I think any of those stories about what people did, especially if they're different, it always helps because you just you need to hear the right thing at the right time, you know? Yep. Yeah, and so many people, I used to do, I toured an hour of stand-up and I, and I did this uh, chunk of stand-up about that and it was just, 
about me saying, you know, we divide everybody into alcoholics and moderate drinkers, you know? And if you're a, if you're a moderate drinker, that means you can drink as much as you want. Like, <laughs> yeah. alcoholics can never drink again. Moderate drinkers can drink all fucking day. <laughs> they can start getting drunk at, at noon. Yeah. And know? it's yeah. cute. It's and, fun, yeah. Yeah, wine moms, right. you know, yeah. all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I was doing that and I had so many people come up to me. Like, I had people come up to me right after the show and say, you just made me realize I'm addicted to drinking. Yeah. And then, and then they would DM me. Uh, well, this only happened one time that later a kid followed up and said, thank you because of your show. I, I quit drinking. Um, uh, and, and you know, that, that was that it, like, we just, we don't say that to each other. It's just like, yeah, you, you could like a lot of people are addicted and don't realize it. They, yeah. they just have a low bore addiction. They're not, quote, alcoholics, they're not problem drinkers, they're not fucking up their lives. They're just like pack-a-day smokers, but for booze. Yep. Yeah. Like, you know? Yep. Yeah, it's not always the uh, when, when a man loves a woman that make Ryan Andy Garcia movie that's on the, at the Never top seen of everybody's it. I'm sorry. mind. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> She's just I, I, don't, I don't understand the reference. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so happy someone else hasn't seen this movie. <laughs> She's just, a, she's got terrifying alcoholism in it, but it doesn't always, I think that's what people think of when they're like, I need to quit drinking. They're like, well, that's not me. I'm not Meg Ryan and when a man loves a woman, but it's like, you know, you could just be just slightly unhappy and not even realized. And you mentioned sleep, man, all the studies they've done on sleep, or even if you're getting eight hours through the night, if you're a little bit altered with alcohol, you don't get the, uh, the deep wave Delta sleep that you really need. I, and the, the, the day that I quit drinking, because I had had, I had had, I was a nightcap drinker, like my parents, you know, uh, just a couple drinks. Oh, I have one or two a night. Really, it's three or four because I'm self-pouring, right? Um, <laughs> and a, a rule of thumb is anytime you think you had one drink, you had two. Yeah. Unless you like literally, you know, were like looking at a serving size right. and like weighing it out on a little scale. You're having two drinks when you think you're having one. You go to any bar, every bar heavy pours because booze is so cheap. If you're pouring it for yourself, a glass of wine is two glasses of wine. You know, yep. if you take a shot glass and pour it in a tumbler, you'll be like, that's not enough whiskey. I need twice that much. That's one drink, you know. Right. Um, so I, I would have it every single night and every single night. Uh, I, and I would, th I'd be like, I needed to go to sleep. Sometimes I would have a belt of whiskey right before my head hitting the pillow, just cause I'm like, I'm a little on edge. Um, and I did that for 15 years. And the day that I quit, I was like, I fucking slept. I've slept like a baby. Mm -hmm. Like I feel refreshed. It was incredible. Yeah. I, I, I was shocked because I had told myself for 15 years I needed it to sleep. And and likely I did at the beginning because again, I was taking Adderall and it gave yeah. me insomnia and, and Alcohol is the opposite of Adderall. So um, just just systemically, that's how it felt. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. getting hot, getting cool, you know? Yeah. Well, shit, uh, man. Well, so, okay. So now we're at- we're Let's at talk about fitness. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. This is, this, is, <laughs> this is all part of it. So we're, we, we're at you stopping drinking at uh, 15, 10 years after smoking. And, yes. uh, so, and so, go ahead. So, so let me rewind again. Is that okay? Yeah, Because here's the whole context for the story. Yeah. Um, so I'm in my 20s. I quit smoking. I'm still drinking a lot, sometimes right before I go on a jog. Because oh, <laughs> like, I used to like to jog late at night. And I, oh my God. <laughs> you know, I would jog, jog around New York City at 11 p.m., you know, and be like, ah, I'll, have, I'll just have like a sip of whiskey before I go. Um, but, I, but I was jogging. And then I was like, so again, my, I, I felt like shit. I was in bad shape. 
I, I felt like I had something to prove to myself and to everyone else in my life. Um, and I, I was like, I'm going to run the New York City Marathon. Um, and I did run it in 2011. I did it the hard way, which is that marathon you have to, um, you either have to win a lottery to get in. It's so, comp it's so hard to get in. You either have to win a lottery, you submit and you have like a one in 10 chance of getting in, or you can, um, uh, post a really fast time. Like if you're a competitive marathon runner, which of course I was not, or you can run like nine races over the course of the year with New York road runners. And so that's what I did over the course of the year. I ran like half marathon and a 10 K and a five K and a, a uh, hundred meter dash and like all these different races. And then I ran the New York city marathon. Wow. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, it was 20, 2011. I was 28 years old. Um, I ran it extraordinarily slowly in almost six hours. Um, but I did finish it and it was a really powerful experience to me. And it was sort of like the, it was like a real turning point in my entire life because it was the capstone of this, you know, again, I quit smoking, quit Adderall, um, quit, uh, uh, well, I didn't quit drinking, but, um, you know, started running, started taking better care of myself, started trying to be like, okay, if I want th good things to happen in my life, I need to like make them happen. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I, I, would, I, I had experienced some professional disappointments in comedy. It wasn't going quite as well as I had wanted it to, you know? And I was worried about like not amounting to anything. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm just, I have to do something big to impress myself and everybody else. Um, and that is literally what marathons are like for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. Is, is to yeah. be a thing where, pe where just people go up, your friends go up to you and go, I could never do that. And I say to them like, yeah, you actually could. Like, that's the cool thing about running a marathon is you realize, yeah, uh, barring, you know, b barring, you know, certain disabilities, like uh, most people can run a marathon or at least can run very long distances, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, d speed is really depending, you know, like you might, you might be, it might take you eight hours, took me six, um, a, you know, a really, a, a, a really strong, a really strong time is like four hours for those who don't know if you're like, a re if you are really a fucking marathon freak. Um, Boy. you know, and you're good at it Four four hours is kind of break point for like super fast to, you know, whatever. Um, uh, but you know, a lot of, a lot of people can run them. The main thing is you just have to show up and do it over and over again. You just mm -hmm. have to like do a training plan and then just keep doing the long runs, you know, over and over and over again. And eventually you will be able to do it. Um, so it's not like, it's it's not like a bit. It's not like ability gated, right? It's not like something. It's just like a, a, it takes a lot of fucking time and stubbornness yeah. to do. Right, mental um, toughness, mental a lot. Like running is a freaking mental game. That's what I have found. <laughs> Hey, everybody, you got Aaron and Stanger here. We had to interrupt the episode really quick to talk to you about a wonderful sponsor for today's show called BetterHelp. Yes, uh, you, you've got to get you getting your body right, your help, you're listening to us, you're trying to, to get your body right, your food right, and now it's time to get your mind right. Get your mind right, guys. Optimize your mental health. Yes. And Get in there with a licensed professional therapist. I've done it. Aaron's done it. Uh, there's no better time to start. Uh, now, here's the deal with BetterHelp. BetterHelp is going to match you with your very own professional licensed therapist 
that you'll be able to meet with online. Huge, yeah. huge, huge advantage. Yep. There's a lot of drawbacks to having to go into a physical space. One, there's the time it takes to get there. There's the uncomfortable waiting room, sizing up all the other weirdos that are in there. <laughs> no bigger weirdo than me. Imagine seeing my stupid ass sitting across from you in a waiting God. room. What a nightmare. Oh, man. You're, just trying to get, yeah. you're just trying to get some help with a therapist, and you got to look at this grease ball. <laughs> And he's his eyebrows are always going up and down, and you're like, I don't know what's up with Stanger over there, and you just you just say a little prayer for him. Yeah, you lose 20 minutes of your session because you're like, what's going on with eyebrows out there? <laughs> the therapist is, you know. Listen, also, uh, BetterHelp uh, is more affordable than traditional offline therapy, so you're going to be saving some money. You're going to not only going to be saving time, but you're going to be saving money. Yeah, I like. A lot of times it can be scary to like put money into your physical health too, but that mental health, like it's, it's a chunk and insurance doesn't always cover it. And so you have to kind of like go out on a limb sometimes. And, and so having an affordable option is really helpful. Absolutely helpful. And you may be listening to this and not sure if you need therapy. And I just want to say this, people don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches and teeth grinding even digestive issues, which we talk about a lot on the show, can be indicators of stress. And, uh, you know, all this doom scrolling that we've been doing on Instagram and looking at the news and all this kind of stuff, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, under eating, overeating, all themes on this show, those can all be indicators that you're dealing with some stress and you might need help with a therapist. And uh, having somebody do all the guess, take all the guesswork out of it do all the heavy lifting, find the right therapist that'll service your needs is, mm -hmm. uh, is, a great, is a great feature to have. And so that's why we recommend BetterHelp. So this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Dumbbells listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dumbbells. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash dumbbells. Hey guys, we also want to talk to you about stamps.com. Uh, Aaron, let me tell you something. Time is money. <laughs> Don't waste either with repeated trips to the post office. It is so true. And now that I'm starting my own small business, I feel this more than ever. Yeah. You, you're starting this small business. You don't want to waste time going on multiple trips to the post office when yeah. you could be thinking about how you could grow your business, strategizing about how to get more clients, how do you're you're doing a, an online step class these days? That takes <laughs> yeah. time and planning. If you're just milling around at the post office, people are missing out. You're missing out, and your clients are missing out. I have to tell you, one time I stood in line at the post office for an hour, and Oof. then I got to the front and realized that I didn't even have what I needed to mail what I needed to mail, and it was really upsetting. So I I say that to say time is money, and I lost money that day. Absolutely. With stamps.com, you can skip the trip to the post office and, and focus on how to take your business to the next level. Uh, with stamps.com, they let you print official postage right from your own computer, and it saves you money in the process. That's huge. Now, that's, people should know that. You are printing the postage from your computer at home. You do not have to go to the post office unless you want to. Yeah. 
So for more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Stamps.com gives you access to all the post offices and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer. And you get discounts and, you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off, which I'm sure is what you were about to say, Stinger, off of USPS rates and 76% off of UPS. Like that's in, that's awesome. I was gonna I was gonna say, like, wow, what kinds of savings? 10%? If it's just 10%, I'm in. And then you're over there talking about 40% and 76%. Yeah. I'm extra in, Aaron. <laughs> So listen, dudes, whether you're uh, in office sending invoices, you got a little side hustle on Etsy, uh, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. You don't have to have a special stamp computer or a stamp Which printer. is what I thought. I thought you needed a specialty computer but or printer. You don't. Well, for people, I'm, I don't know. I think most people know, but just in case, it's 27.2 miles for a marathon. No. And 26.2. Oh, 26.2. Yeah. Sorry. Whew. And so a major barrier for entry is that, you know, you, you start thinking like, fuck, tw- over 20 miles? What? It's, if, especially if you're not running at all. It just seems, it seems magical that anybody could even do it. Yeah. And so like Adam was saying, it's just... It's just the reps. You just have to start getting that time under your belt and you, of course, build up to it. And then they, they have all these running apps and stuff now. I'm curious, as so your experience doing it the first time around versus this most recent time, mm-hmm. um, what what were you doing? So you mentioned that you were you were running with the running club, I guess, to qualify to run the New York. Were you, um, were you doing, did you have a map that you were following or any kind of fitness plan that you were following to prep for that first one? Yeah, so... So, well, and and let me just say, by the way, I I was trying to get all the way to present day. Like this last year, I was like for the 10th anniversary, I want to run one again because I haven't, it's been 10 years since the last time I ran one and I've lived in LA now as long as I was living in New York. And you know, that, that was the reason for me doing it. Um, uh, but in terms of the training, uh, yeah, I did a, uh, I used Jeff, this guy, Jeff Galloway's training program, um, which is like, there's just lots of different training programs of like, you know, how, me- like, uh, you know, how, how much you should run on every single day, you know? Um, and Jeff Galloway is this guy in the running world who has a, a very, an, a training pro, uh, like a training philosophy based on like, look, take a lot of walk breaks. He calls it walk run style, mm-hmm. you know, um, avoid injury. Like the, the biggest thing that people don't realize about running is they think you'd need to be running the whole time. Right. But like in reality, like I, I've been running for 10 years. I have never run for more than like, you know, 10 minutes without taking a break, um, without taking a walk break. Like I've just always been that kind of runner. And a lot of people are. And the reason is you can, you know, you just like rest a little bit and you don't hurt yourself. Um, yeah. And the main reason people try, when people try to start a marathon and don't finish um, if they, if they bail out either of the marathon itself or out of the training, it's because they injure themselves. Mm-hmm. And the main reason people injure themselves is over, over training. Um, so, uh, I did his training program. Um, and the basic philosophy of all these training programs is like you run such and such an amount during the week. That's where a lot of them vary. Some say run a lot during the week. Some say don't run that much. Um, but then usually how it works is every two weeks you do one long run and that long, that run gets like longer every time. 
and usually by like two to three miles. So it's like you, you know, every two weeks you run eight miles, then 10 miles, then 12 miles, then 14 miles, then all the way up to whatever your final mileage is, which can be anywhere from 20 to 28, depending on how you want to do it. My first time I did it, my last training run was 28 miles, which was really stupid. I think I probably wouldn't do that again. This time, this last time, my longest training run was, run was 20. Cause you're like on the day, I'll just like gut through the last right. six. I don't need right. to, right. you know, I don't need to like remind myself what 26.2 is going to be like. I just need to like get the, get in the general ballpark. Um, and so however long it takes you to ramp up that, you know, that extra two more miles every two weeks, like however long that takes you to ramp up, that's sort of how long you end up training. So, you know, it ends up being like three, three to four months. Although I think again, my first time, I think I was training for like five months. Maybe. Wow. Um, it was a long time. Did that answer your question? Was that the question? Yeah, no, totally. And then also curious, did you, um, with this training program that you were using, did he coach you on how to use, um, you know, fluids and electrolytes and all that kind of stuff? Was that something you paid attention to? Not, I mean, okay. So that stuff was in his book. Um, uh, and there's definitely, like, I definitely read that stuff. I never paid a huge amount of attention to it. Yeah. I, I remember I remember that year trying to use, like, there's various goos and gels and things. <laughs> yeah. And I remember trying I remember trying to use them. They're basically just, like, concentrated Gatorade, yeah. Yeah. you know, in yeah. a little pouch. Yeah. And you shove them in your mouth. Um, and they hand them out sometimes at right. runs, you know, yeah. like, they'll, people just hand them to you. And I do not like them because they basically just, like, spike your blood sugar and then, so if you're doing a really long run like that, you're like, okay, I need some energy. Great. All right. I'm full of energy. But then like my heart would be racing and stuff. Right. And then I would crash like yeah. in the middle of the race or the middle of the training run um, where I'm like, now I, now I feel like, you know, when you just had like a, a, a Coke or something and you know, then, then like an hour later you feel like you want to pass yeah. out because your yeah. blood sugar's crashing. Like, so I, bad if I you're mean, running a race, who, I, would, I would imagine running a marathon. Not yeah. great. Yeah. Not great. So there, there are people who like, you know, know, know themselves well enough to use those things, but I've not been one of them. Um, the, the thing about me for the, uh, so the first time I trained, I ran so much because I was doing his program. It was a little bit of an older training program. Like I think it was maybe kind of like early 2000. Well, it was I, I 2011. I think it probably was from like 2005 or something like that. And so the longest it had you run was 28 miles. And then I think I was also doing like six mile runs during the week, Jesus. Um, which is like a lot, a lot of mileage. Um, this time around, I was like, and by the way, I was like unemployed at the time. You yeah. know, I was in my twenties. <laughs> like I was in a different place. You yeah. know what I mean? Right now I'm like, okay, I'm working in TV. I have all this other shit going on. Like I don't want, I can't be running six miles on a Wednesday night, you know, <laughs> yeah. like my, my work, I like to work out on weekend night, but it needs to take 30 to 40 right. minutes, not over an hour, you know, <laughs> right. physically um, don't have the time. Yeah. 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 I don't. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I've never been a morning runner. I keep trying. I was trying during the pandemic to be like, I'm going to wake up early and run. I've always been an evening runner, um, which makes it harder. Cause then you're dealing with like dinner time and shit. Um, so this time I was like, I just eyeballed some training programs and I was like, I've done this before. I did it 10 years ago. The most important part is the long runs mm -hmm. every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Right. And by the way, on the off weeks, you do a moderately long run. You do like a six or an eight or a 10, you know? So you're doing like, you know, one week is six next week is 10 
Next week is six. Next week is 12. Next week is six. Next week is 14. You know what I mean? So you're alternating yeah. back and forth. Um, I was like, I'm just going to do that. And I'm just, then I'm just going to go on my normal three milers during the week, you know, um, and just sort of take a much lazier approach. Like all I need to do is have run 20 miles one time before the marathon. Cause all I'm trying to do is finish. Um, and that worked great. Like it was a much more relaxed thing. I wasn't like pressuring myself to like, I got to keep up with the spreadsheet that I printed out from the book, you know, <laughs> like, like that's the worst feeling when you're trying to live up to some fucking like table of numbers that like someone else wrote yep. down. Yeah. <laughs> like, because they uh, just, I, like, I just need, yeah, sorry, go for oh, it. Oh, just because they needed to sell a book. Like, it has to be something in there. So <laughs> right, it's like, they have to have a why five miles as opposed to four and a half or what? You know, it's just like, we have, yeah. it just has to exist at some point. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's all different philosophies. Again, Jeff Galloway's philosophy is run, walk. And he, and he was having me do crazy high mileage whenever he wrote that book. That was his idea at the time, right? But if you go on Runner's World or go anywhere else where there's training programs, you'll see all different training programs that have completely different philosophies that say, don't worry about your weekly mileage that much just do the long run at the end you know you'll have some say the longest you should be running is 20 other people will say the longest you should run is 28 like you can go through and like say okay these are all valid approaches and i'm gonna pick one that sort of fits my body <laughs> and, yeah. and my life i'm yeah. just i'm very shaken by the fact that you've run 28 miles ever because like that is more than a marathon and you don't get a freaking prize or, or bagels yeah. or whatever well, they give you at the end even, of the LA marathon. You know, it's even more than my made up number for a marathon. 27.2. You guys both just ignored this, it's, the obvious CTE factor. In the, but uh, yeah, that was, we should have circled that circle back. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. 28's a chunk, man. That's, that's intense. It, it's a lot. And again, it was too much. Like yeah. here's the thing about the marathon. It's too far. A marathons are too yeah. far. It would be better for everybody if marathons were like 16 miles long. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's a better yes. distance for basically everyone. But you know, the marathon, the important thing is it's cultural power is that it's a way that it, the beautiful thing about it is it's a means that everybody can use to transcend themselves. You know, to yeah. say, I want to do something I didn't think was possible and that no one I know thinks is yep. possible. I can run the marathon. And that's a very beautiful thing. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it's just too bad. It's not shorter. Like if I, I like distance running, I like endurance yeah. running. I really do like it. I put on a podcast, I zone out. I love spending the day just like going on a long, slow run, but half marathons are like a better distance. Cause yes. I get the experience and running my last training run 20 miles that I did, you know, uh, before the marathon this time, it sucked. I hated it so much. And the thing is for me, the last two hours of it are walking because at a certain point I cannot physically run yeah. anymore. Like that is the truth about my body. I can no longer run after that point. And mm. so I am just like, all right, I'm going to do the whole mileage. and I'm going to do it at a brisk pace. I'm going to take breaks too, but I'm not like jogging. I'm, I'm doing a, I'm doing a fast walk and I'm in pain. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
Um, I have a, so I have run two half marathons in my life. Congratulations. Thank That's amazing. So much. Uh, but I peed my pants when I ran the first one because, um, <laughs> because I was trying to do the thing where you don't stop running because I was trying to prove it to myself that I could do. It's just, it's a half. So I was like, I could do this. And I had like read somewhere that like when you're like real marathon runners, like will pee or poop their pants while running to avoid Jesus. having mm-hmm. to stop running. And so I was, yeah. it was like Nashville. It was like 10, 15 years ago at this point. And I was like, it was, can I, can I be, can I, can I be clear though? <laughs> they don't pee or poop their pants generally. Like there's a famous story. And I used to tell this story, the story on stage actually, cause I thought it was so funny. There's a famous British marathon runner named Paula Radcliffe, who was like the best in the world for a while. And she famously stopped running in the middle of a race to take a shit on the course. Um, and then she, and then what she did next was she broke the world record for the female marathon. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. After stopping in the middle to take a shit. Oh. And then my joke was that's the most badass athletic achievement of all time. Like if you want to beat her record, you should have to stop and take a shit too, <laughs> or it shouldn't count. Yeah. That was literally my first ever stand up joke that I was like, that's an A yes, joke. It is. And I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's and in, I mean, so I must've misread, you know, like I read half, like yeah, yeah, I read yeah. the headline, not the article, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. you want to get that <laughs> shit away from you. You don't want to like, carry yeah, it with you. The whole marathon runners, <laughs> marathon runners, they just poo their yeah, pants. So here They're I running am. along and they poo their pants. They just let it flow. <laughs> So anyway, I did, a, I, I it was a really hot day in Nashville. Like someone ended up dying after they ran the nice. half or a whole marathon. Cause it was like, un got like so hot and humid. People were standing out on their lawn, spraying us down as we would run by. So everyone was like, like covered in water. And so, so I just, <laughs> I was like, I had to pee and I just like, I went for it. I did it. I peed while I ran. And then it was like, oh, I messed up. I should not have done this. Um, No. Because... Terrible people idea. People want to go out to, you know, pancakes yeah. after. And I was like, I have to go home and be alone because I peed my pants while running on purpose. It wasn't an accident. I I I let it go. <laughs> Aaron, I gotta say, that's that's pretty badass. I you were gonna say, I've never heard anyone say this before. I've heard I thought you were gonna say, Oh, I had a little incontinence while I was running, you know, yeah. I pooped my pants no, a little bit. I straight that up, kind of and thing. I was wearing shorts, so there was like, I was like, people had like someone tells a story where they're like, I ran a half marathon and this bitch peed in her pants while running in front of my, in front of me. So <laughs> Aaron, I'm incredibly impressed because I don't know if I could like consciously make myself do it while running. Uh, that's how bad you know what yeah. I, mean? you know, you I had to, get to do it, yeah. I, I, but it was, I had to think it, about it. I had to let it go. It's a fraught, it's a fraught thing, the peeing. Um, and, and, and by the way, one of the things I like about marathons, again, is that it's such an extreme thing to do that like the rules of, of normal society yeah. break yeah. down when running yeah. a marathon. Like there's a famous wall in the New York City Marathon where everyone just stops and pees like on, like, like yeah. on the bridge. Uh, on, I think it's on the Verrazano Bridge. Um, 
And it's just like, I've seen photos of it just covered in pee. And, you know, people like, one weird thing with marathons is people just like take their clothes off and just like throw yes. them on the side of the course. Like I, like, like uh, I, I still have running gear that I got from watching previous marathons that people just like threw off the course. It's like, Oh, this is a pretty nice, like, you know, overshirt yeah. or whatever, you know, like cold weather running gear. Let me take this home and wash it. It's like in good shape. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's like a lot of weird shit like that. Um, but peeing is terrible. Like the, mm. cause here's what mm -hmm. happens is that th this happened to me at the LA marathon is that um, at the beginning, everyone's chugging water to start, you know, like, like you're at, you, you have to get there a couple hours yeah. early. Um, you, you, you have not slept, which for me always makes me extra thirsty and pee a lot whenever I'm sleep deprived. And you know, you get there, they're handing out water. They're saying, stay hydrated, stay hydrated. So you're chugging, chugging, chugging. Everyone's peeing, peeing, peeing. And then when, when you start the race for the first two hours, all that water is just coming right through your pee, 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 yeah. right? Yeah. And so the lines are crazy long at the beginning of like the porta potties on the course. Like I literally was, you know, probably spent like maybe over 10 minutes at the LA marathon waiting in line to use a bathroom on the course. Um, <laughs> Which sucks, cause and I was like, should I just like go commando and like pee behind on a on a wall somewhere? But it like there was never a spot where right. other people were doing that. It always felt yeah. wrong. So I was like, all right, I'll just come wait and use it. But then for the last, you know, again, it took me six hours. Um, somewhere around hour three, you just stop needing to pee. Like you will, you drink all the water at every water station, chug it down. You just do not need to pee anymore for a very long time. Just um, used it all and up. So there's this. Yeah. Yeah, because there's this just front loading of pee. Like there's so much pee happening at the beginning. <laughs> See, and mine was a half. So it was right at that. Like it was like I ran yeah. at like 210, 215. And it was like, so it was just right at that last. That's a great time. La last like mile and a half where I was like, okay, I'm peeing my pants. You got a That's good great. time out did, of it. Yeah. See, it was Did you like it. running the half marathon? I I, I think half marathons are great and I really recommend them to anybody. Yeah. Especially like if you're, if you, if any of this appeals to you, g give a half marathon a shot. They're well, awesome. Well, I had never been a runner. I hated, I didn't hate running, but I was never good at it. So I didn't want to do it. And, and my friend like was like, Hey, I'm running the Nashville like marathon or half marathon. Do you want to do it with me? And I was like, no, I'm good. She was like, she dared me and that sucks because mm. I am an adult woman who has to take a dare. And so, so <laughs> I, I kind of like, I was like, no, no, no. And then I was like, you know what? I, I think I should, let's try it. And so, and she was a slow runner and I was a slow runner. So it felt like, okay, well if she can do it and she's a slow runner, I can do it. I'm a slow runner. Um, I thought you had to be crazy fast and, and you know, it's nice or you get done faster if you're crazy fast, but but I, I enjoyed the training very much, but I think the thing that always stopped me with the whole marathon is like the long run for a half marathon is 12 miles. And that felt like mm -hmm. really hard and like hell on earth. And that's like the baby, baby long mm -hmm. run on a marathon training. And so that was like, I'm, I'm good. I'll do, I'll stick with the halves. Well, well, the cool thing about it is that like every time you do a longer r run, you're like, I can't imagine running longer than yeah. that. You know, uh, you're like, I can't imagine. And then the next week you go out and do 14 and you're like, ah, oh, that was really long. I can't imagine, you know? And then, and then after a while, like there often comes a point where you're, 
your shorter runs are as long as your longest runs used to be. Like on an off week, you'll run 10 where 10 used to be your longest right. run. And you're like, oh, now 10 feels short to me. Oh, cool. I'm like stretching my my capacity out like a rubber yeah. band, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but the th but uh, let me say, I also kind of hate running. Like I like it, but it's not like, um, you know, I don't experience a runner's high or anything like that. I'm extraordinarily slow. It's just like, a kind of exercise that works for me. Cause like, I like that. I don't need to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't need to buy anything. Yep. All I need to do is put my shoes on and leave my house. Like I never go anywhere to run. I run from my house, which can be problematic when you're trying to come up with certain lengths of courses. Cause you go, okay, I got to get from my house to someplace where I can <laughs> right. run for a really long time. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I put on podcasts, I listen to audiobooks, I listen to music and you're just kind of like, all right, I'm just like doing it. And my mind can wander while I do other things. Yeah. And like, that's all you have to do is like show up. And one of the things that was really, that I took with me from, from doing the marathon the first time I did it in 2011 was really soon after that, I was like, okay, now I'm going to start doing everything else that way. You know, um, I, I started doing the standup that way where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this many sets a week. You know, I had a big calendar on the wall and I was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I, I think it was seven sets a week, um, was my wow. goal. And like five was my minimum. It was like open mics in New yeah. York, you know, mm -hmm. so I could bounce around from thing to thing. And the thing was like, it's not true that you can just show up and do stand up and expect to get better because you do have to be like self-reflective and like write, write jokes and things like that. And, you know, actually try to be funny, but 75% of it really is showing up. Just like leaving my house mm -hmm. and going to the open mic at all was the important part. Um, and just having the like long-term endurance to do it over and over again, that's the part that I sort of took away from it. And that's the part that I'm pretty good at. I'm a slow runner, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not that dedicated to it, but I can do it for a long time <laughs> <laughs> and show up and do it over and over again. Yeah. And like that, that's, that's what a lot of my career turned up, turned out to end up being like shooting Adam ruins everything. Like, like you said, it's like a very demanding show. And you know, our last season we shot like 65 days or something like that. I'm in almost every shot. They're 12 hour shooting days. I have to get up at 6 a.m., get in an Uber to set, spend all day shooting, and go and home. Pages and pages and pages. <laughs> pages and pages. It's not eight, nine pages a day, which is a lot. Um, you know, I have to go, and then I have to go home and give notes on cuts and respond to emails, go to sleep for six hours and get up and do it yeah. again, yeah. you know? And what that required was more than anything else. You can be the most talented person in the world. Doesn't matter. It just needs endurance. Like you're lit and endurance. Literally you are enduring, right? It. Like you are just showing up and you're just like, I'm just a block of granite. Like things are going to happen to me and they're going to be uncomfortable, but I'm that they're just going to happen and I'm still going to be here, you know? Um, and that's what running is like a lot. It sort of prepared me for that experience of just sort of saying like, okay, I can, I can keep handling this. Now what I have to, what I've had to try to teach myself now is to, to take breaks yeah. and to not just gut through everything all the time, which is also a good lesson for running because otherwise you'll, you know, you'll fucking blow out your, your shins or whatever. You'll get shin splints. Pee your pants. Your, 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 your <laughs> yeah. Plantar fasciitis. You'll pee your pants. Yes. Aaron, you should have peed. I should have yeah. taken you a break. You should have gone to the bathroom. 
Because also, by the way, this is, you could get a rash, I think, from doing this. I know. Like, the problems are pee, endless of what I go. He's got little crystals and it's going to dry on your legs and that's going to create friction and you're going to yeah. get like a, a friction burn, which is like the biggest horrible, you know, thing in running. You got to, you know, you end it, I ended the race like slathered in Vaseline all over my crotch, <laughs> you know, to prevent, prevent myself from getting yeah. a fucking you know th upper thigh sore yeah you have to guys have to or anybody really i mean if you're depending on what kind of uh equipment you're wearing up top but sometimes you have to wear stuff over your nipples and stuff <laughs> oh yeah. yeah oh yeah i forgot i forgot to uh, at the la marathon this time i forgot to wear nipples when i left the house yeah. and and also i was wearing a new running jersey because that i they they the la marathon i don't really buy swag but the logo I really like. I think it's a nice piece of design, and so I bought a running tank top made of a material I'm uh, that was I'm not familiar with, and I'm I'm going to wear it. And it was a little bit uh, more abrasive than I was used to, and I had to like about mile six, I was like, "Where's the med tent?" And you know, I ran. Do you have band aids? And went in and put band aids on my nipples. Yeah. Um, oh man. Which I uh, stayed on for the rest of the race because it it becomes this little hot spot where you're just like, ouch, 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 <laughs> ouch, 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 with every step. Ouch, 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 I will ouch. say I got, the second oh, half marathon I ran, I stopped when I needed to pee in the beginning and uh, I didn't focus so much on running so like so intensely um, and I got a better time and I wow. didn't pee my pants. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you so go. It learn. was, it was, I learned my lesson. <laughs> I learned my lesson. <laughs> I, I love this talk because I, I think that sports for kids is is kind of fucked up like little league sports because if if every kid could have the experience of of learning how to do that and getting better incrementally over time and having that as an esteemable actor. So there's all kinds of lessons to be learned by that. And you can take that with you your whole life. And so finding running later and picking something like a marathon and then having that experience of, you know, it's seeming impossible. And even, you know, even the incremental running that you do, the breaking it down, like, wow, the, the fact that I was able to stay consistent and then do 10 and 12 and 14 and 20, and then ultimately build to this big day, the marathon and accomplish that. I mean, you, you did it at just this right time in your life where you needed a big esteemable act like that. And then you're able to kind yeah. of carry that through and it informed your, you know, your creative life and your professional life and all that. And so, and, and you're right on running in that it's portable and it's free. And then depending on, you know, what kind of hand you've been dealt with, you know, with your, how able you are, you're able to, you know, anybody's able to really run. And so it, it's really cool and it is worth looking into. And I hope that people do, um, at least on the half marathon sense to try it and, and run the race and treat yourself and have the full experience and celebrate with yeah. friends afterwards. It's a, it's a you, great feeling. You don't have to be good at it. That's yeah. the important thing. It's, it's, it's worth it. Even if you're not quote good at it, like there's no good or bad at it, you know? And people really imagine, oh, I, I need to run a like, like you're saying, Aaron, like, oh, I have to be a really fast runner. You know, maybe you had expectations of yourself the first time you were running and everything. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, that shit's like, none of that's real. Like you can just show up and, and do it, you know? Now I, I do want to say, I don't want to undermine, I don't want to like undersell the fact that, you know, I, I don't want to overstate that anybody can run, you know, like my dad, for instance, has an ACL injury. Right. He can't run, you know, ran at all anymore. There's certainly many types of disabilities that, that, you know, lots of people have that prevent them from running. A lot of those are, you know, a lot of marathons and half marathons have 
you know, cycle, cycle, uh, phases and things like that as well. Um, for, for wheeled, uh, wheel, wheel using athletes of various types. Um, but, uh, but there's also like, there are, there are similar endurance sports, yeah. um, that, you know, but there's biking endurance, there's swimming, et cetera. Um, and all endurance sports like have this stuff in common, I think, um, that like, it's cool just to show up and do it. And yeah, you said, you said kids sports are fucked up. Absolutely. Cause there's this whole, like, the, the whole fucking debate about participation trophies, which is so tiresome at this point and, and frankly, very old hat, but like no one says that about a marathon, right? No one says, oh, look at everyone get their participation medal at the end of a marathon. Because <laughs> we it. all know. <laughs> yeah. 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 E everybody knows that you should get a medal at the end of a <laughs> yes. marathon because it's a really fucking long <laughs> yeah. race, yeah. right? Now, that's true of like a lot of... <laughs> A lot of things are that hard, right? It doesn't need to be 26.2 miles for you to be able to applaud yourself for showing up. Showing up is hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's hard to show up. And and so, like, that. The, that's what the marathon taught me. It taught me how to show up. And, you know, for myself at the marathon and, and then for myself in other stages of life and stand-up professionally, in relationships, et cetera. I think it's great to teach kids, like, hey, if you show up to practice every day, then you'll have played baseball. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people don't play baseball at all. And even if your team lost all the games, if you showed up to all the games and played baseball, you did something a lot of people don't do. Here's a little fucking <laughs> like recognition of that because you're a child and we can like teach you this right. lesson, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you get, you get, you get, it's heartbreaking. Well, it's great now, but there was a, there was a women's basketball league that started that a lot of comedy people did. Um, and everybody talked. Oh, oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And so, but I, it would bum me out because, uh, you know, I talked to my friends and they'd be like, I'm playing it. I love it. I, I'm so glad I found this now. And it's great that they found it now, but it's like, oh, why, why didn't this exist for kid? You know, where it was just like just a positive experience. You go, you learn basketball or whatever the sport is. And they're, you know, they remove the, the competition in the negative sense out of it. And it's just about learning the sport and playing it every week. However, you're going to play it. I think that's, you know, that would be, that would be highly beneficial for kids and everybody would be better yeah. for it. And so, you know, I, I think they're getting a little bit better now, but it's still pretty, it's still pretty shitty, unfortunately. One, one nice thing about uh, the, the LA Marathon, and by the way, I think the LA Marathon might be like overall like a scam. Like it seems just <laughs> as, a, as an organization, it's like there's some weird shit about it, you know? Like for instance, you know, you know all marathons have a way to run for charity, mm -hmm. but the charity in the case of the LA Marathon is the McCourt Foundation, which is run by the McCourt family, which used to own the Dodgers and also runs the marathon. Like it's their foundation. Oh, so if you run for charity, you're raising money for their own foundation and their foundation's completely unclear what it does. <laughs> like they, they sort of imply they give grants to like medical research, but if you go to their website and click medical research partners, the page literally says coming soon. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, wow. so it's like you can raise money for them, but it's like, what is the money for? Like, it's it's just seems to be one of these billionaire, you know, philanthropic organizations they use to sort of like, you know, get a tax write off right. and like still have control of the money. Um, but the, but the event itself is quite nice, you know. And one of the nice things that they do is they have uh, students run LA, which is a big program where like literally almost like a quarter of people running the LA Marathon are LA USD students who um, are. Uh, running it as part of like a partnership with the marathon. Huh. And that's just a very nice, I think that's a nice thing for kids yeah. to sort of just experience like that side of sports. 
of like, yeah, just it's about doing it and enjoying doing it and proving to yourself that you can do it rather than, you know, comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. Um, what about your glasses? Do you wear your glasses when you run? Um, I do not. I wear, I have a pair of sunglasses that are, they're not running glasses, but they're just a pair of prescription sunglasses that I find comfortable enough when I run. They have like little loops around okay, the back. Yeah. They're like pilot's yeah. glasses with like a little rubber loop That's, around I was, the back. I'm always impressed um, to, by to people that can exercise while wearing glasses because I, I wear contacts I because of that. My eyesight in my right eye is good enough that I don't need uh, I don't need to wear glasses okay. uh, to for the purposes of running uh, for like reading a book I need to but you know um, I can I can get around fine without glasses on so on a at night I I just go uh, glasses go rogue free. I go rogue I go commando <laughs> um, can I. Can I tell you my story? I, because I, I want to make sure I tell the end of my LA marathon. No, yes. no, we have to yes. go. Um, we have to go. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Aaron I'm said just, it. That's I'm it. Just kidding. <laughs> ah, my emotional catharsis. <laughs> Hit us. Tell us. Aaron's Aaron's saying <laughs> okay. no on that. So, so, so this is so this is my. Uh, and by the way, thank you so much for having me on to talk about this because the entire reason one runs a marathon is, as I said, positive yes. attention. Yeah, so dude. the, the, the invitation to come on and talk about it was like, Oh my God, this is why I did it was to be able to tell people about it. Uh, yeah. You got so, it. This is, so, this is your safe space to flex, to brag. We want people right. to do it. So yeah, Hell yeah. lay it on. Okay. Us. So this is the, so this is the best part. Um, is that again, I, I first ran the, the a New York city marathon in 2011 at age 28 I decide I'm going to run it again 10 years later at age 39. It's 10 years and change because, you know, it's technically 11 years, but it's the, it was November to March. So it's like 10 years and a couple months. Mm. Right. But that's my, my birthday falls in between. That's why it went up. This is boring. I'm doing date math. <laughs> Fuck this. No, people um, love date math. They love it. My, Our listeners so, love so I'm it. 10 years yeah. older. Yeah. They want the numbers. <laughs> they want the numbers. They want the numbers. God damn it. I'm like, someone's going to be checking me on this. Um, so, so it's 10 years later. And again, I ran the New York City Marathon very slowly, six hours. I was in like the 97th percentile of slow people, you know, <laughs> okay. in the New York City Marathon. Um, I was beat by multiple 80-year-olds. Wow. Um, if you look at the standings. <laughs> um, and by the way, uh, you can just go look them up on the New York City Marathon website. Just look up Adam Conover 2011 Marathon. You can see my time and see how slow I was. But so I ran, so 10 years later, I'm like, my only goal is I would love to be able to run about as fast as I did 10 years ago. I think that would be cool. I'm 10 years older. I, clearly, I should have slowed down, so I'd like to run a little bit slower. I'd like to run around the same. But I didn't, I didn't uh, train nearly as hard, right? I, was like, I, had a much, I had a much more relaxed training schedule. But insofar as I have a goal, that's it. So I'm running along and, and for most of the race, I'm like taking it pretty easy. I'm, I'm like waiting a long time at the bathroom. I'm getting nipple coverings, <laughs> yes. right? I like meet my girlfriend on the way and like take some photos because we go by our house, you know, oh, that's it, fun. The, yeah. the course went by my house. Yeah. Very nice. I, t you know, uh, just, I'm having a good time, but then about like somewhere around mile like 14 or 16, I start looking at the time and I start doing math in my head and I'm like, hold on a second. Wait, if I, if I start pushing, I might actually be able to beat my time that I had when I was a kid, you know, not when I was a kid, sorry, when I was 10 years ago, yeah, I was a kid. Yeah. I, was, 20, I was in my 20s. Yeah. Yeah, I might be, I might be able to beat my time. I'm like, hold, hold on a second. I, uh, 
the way that I'm running it to run it about six hours, it's going to be like 14 minute miles. And, oh, but if I just, if, if I run about that fast for the rest of it, well, I could beat it. So I just need to run like, uh, like under 14 minute miles. And so I start like actually keeping track of my splits, which I never, ever, ever do. I never time myself when doing the training runs at all. I don't give a shit. You know, I, I like, you know, have a stopwatch on to see how long it was, but I'm not comparing it to anything. I'm not writing it down. Um, and so then I start keeping track of my splits. I'm like, yeah, I'm on pace. I can like keep beating this pace to, um, uh, to be able to beat myself. And so from that point on with about like 10 to 12 miles to go, I'm like, all right, I'm going to push for the rest of the race. I'm going to push and try to do it. Um, and, that's what I did for the next 10 to 12 miles. I was like, okay, now I'm actually going to try to go as fast as I can at a reasonable pace. Um, and just like not, not, you know, occasionally take walk breaks, but just like keep the pace up, not stop, not take photos, et cetera. Um, and it turned out to be very, very difficult. Cause I still had like two and a half hours to go, yeah. um, yeah. of, you know, yeah. how long I had to do this. And, and I was like, you know, now counting the miles, like, okay, fine. Mile 17, mile 18, looking at the time. Okay, the time is okay. Da da da. Um, and, uh, but I'm like still keeping pace. All right, this is like working. Um, and I'm really thinking about this is endurance. This is like when I have to show up to set every day at 6 a.m. This is really uncomfortable right now, but it's going to be over soon. Um, I just need to keep going forward. Um, and uh, the end of the course, and well, sorry. So I start, I'm a couple miles away, and I'm like, I think I'm going to beat it by a lot. Like I'm, I think I might beat it by 15 minutes, wow, you know, yeah. like it's six hours. It's a total six hour time. But you know, my previous time was five minutes and 58, five hours and 58 minutes was my okay. previous time. And I was like, I think I could run it in five, five hours and 45, five hours and 42, something like that. Um, but the last bit of the race is really, really brutal because the LA marathon did something very stupid. Okay. Oh, side no. notes, yes. oh, no. right? Yes. Ready for it for, for a yes. parenthetical. Okay. This is, this is related to the LA marathon being possibly a scam. <laughs> all right. So the LA marathon, the LA marathon has historically been a, the, from the stadium to the sea, from Dodger stadium to the ocean in Santa oh, Monica. Wow. Yeah, right. You, you go through China, you go, you go downtown, you go through Chinatown, you go through Echo Park, Silver Lake, Los Feliz, Hollywood, Century City, Santa Monica, wow. right? So you're going all the way from one side of, you know, white people, Los Angeles to the other side of white people, Los Angeles, yes. basically, right? This is like where yeah. people in Santa Monica, they go to and from the Dodger game, they go to and from Hollywood. That's basically, yes. you know, where, but, but it is a way of saying, oh, that does feel like one side of LA to the other, right? So that's a yeah. nice course. Yes. Um, and you finish however, by the ocean where it's cool. And San Vicente yeah. is good and flat there. So it's a good, you know, a good fit. Beautiful, yeah. right? However, last year, Santa Monica, the city of Santa Monica asked the LA Marathon for more money. They demanded more money to finish in Santa Monica. And the LA Marathon said, fuck you, we're not paying. We're going to finish in Century City instead. And they're going to call it uh, Stadium to the Stars because now it's ending at Avenue of the Stars in Century City. Boom. And so I had heard about this. <laughs> I, I know. I we heard all, about this. I was like, yeah, this sucks, suck. right? We know all the stars in Century City, right? <laughs> yeah, that makes, that makes sense. all the sense. Yeah. Yeah. But now, I, I, now I, I didn't look a lot at the course. I just heard they were doing this. And I was like, that sounds bad, but whatever. I'm running it anyway, right? It wasn't until I was actually running the course that I realized what they did. They did the worst possible thing, which is that instead of rerouting the course and finding a new way for it to go, they literally just chopped it in half 
and had the course turn around and go back the oh, other way. No. So you're you're running along on the way to Santa Monica, and then at about the time, you know, the distance at which you would then have to go to Santa Monica, they just said, no, you're just going to literally make a U-turn <gasps> and go backwards on the same street <sighs> to and to to the finish point. Now, what this means is that as you're running at somewhere around mile like 19, you start seeing people running in the other direction. Oh, you're like, hold on a second. Am I passing the finish line? Oh, that's the finish line. That's where I'm going to be in a couple fucking hours. So now, oh. and this destroys your yes, mental yeah. game. Yeah. Because the beautiful thing about running, if you have not run distance, you, you might not know, if you have, you might know that running in a giant circle is wonderful. Running from a start point to an end point is wonderful. Running to a point and then running back and out and back course is mental yes. murder because <laughs> you're, you're constantly thinking the whole, you're, if you're if you're just running towards an endpoint way off in the horizon, oh, I could do this forever. Yeah. I'm always looking at different things. If you're running the same thing over and over again, now you're doing laps, and the the problem is you're only running two laps, and they're incredibly long. Yeah. So you're just like, when will this be over? And you're like, it's not even half yeah. over yet. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Yes. Um. So, so so suddenly I'm like, I can't believe that this is what they did. This is awful. It's ugly. It's like not fun. And also, this is by far the worst part of the course because there's no there's no shade. There's nothing to look at. This is Century City. We're literally running underneath freeway underpasses. And it's a fucking hill. Uh, the entire piece is oh a hill. No. And the final uphill is right before the oh finish my, line. Oh, my God. There's the, it, it's literally an uphill to the finish line. So... I'm like, all right, I'm making my time. I'm going to, I'm going to make my splits. I'm going to beat my, and then I'm like, start like, oh my God, I see people running the other direction. I have to like keep going, but I know I have so much further to go. Like, Jesus. and then, and then for the last, it was, it was horrible. And then for the, for the last couple miles, it's just straight up. And at this point, I have long finished running. I am doing a race mm -hmm. walk. I'm like right. pumping my arms, but I my my feet are no longer leaving the ground at the same time <laughs> yeah. because I physically yeah. cannot. Yeah. Like I'm I'm trying to run, but I I can make it a couple paces, and literally I start I would get like a scary yep. twinge, yeah. and I would say I I can't do it. I just got to keep up, you know my my pace, and I was still making my split, so I was like that's gonna work, but um. I started slowing down so much in the last mile. Like, so, so with, you know, four miles to go, I was like, oh, I'm going to beat this. I'm, I'm going to, you know, beat it by 15 minutes. And I started slowing down and slowing down and slowing down. Like, where is the finish line? Where is the finish line? I'm not seeing it. I'm slowing down. I'm going up a hill. This is awful. awful. When is this going to oh be God. over? I, I finally crossed the finish line. Um, and I have beaten my time from 10 years ago by four minutes. Uh, I beat it by four <laughs> minutes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. I beat you it by did it. I beat it by four minutes. If I had stopped to pee just one more time, <laughs> no. if I had stopped to replace my band-aids just one more time on the course, I would not have beaten it. Um, and it was a, an incredible personal catharsis. Yeah. To, to, to experience that. Cause I was like, wow, I'm actually, I am actually in better shape than I was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that I am 10 years older now, yeah. I, I really would not have expected that. And that was like uh, very, very meaningful to me. Um, cause you know, again, it's an extension, not just from the, from the marathon, but to the rest of my life yeah. that, yeah. that, you know, I'm, I'm also more fit in my personal life 
professionally, I, I have, I have my shit together better. I've, I'm just, I, I'm more of the person I would like yeah. to be. Um, and, uh, it was like a very huge thing for me. What a feeling to, and I like that you had to gut it out. I mean, it sucks that it wasn't pleasant, but I mean, it makes <laughs> yeah. it even sweeter, you know, because you figure 10 years ago with that up against you, you wouldn't have finished the same way you did this time. Yeah. And it would have been, it would have burned you in a major way to miss it by like a couple of seconds or something. So you gutted it yeah, out, I man. Mean, I would have I, I would have been proud if I had done it by a couple seconds. I would I would have gone I, if I had been within ten minutes. I would have said I tied my time from ten sure, years ago sure. and felt oh, happy yeah, about it because it's a fucking it's yeah. six hours. Yeah. You know? But to actually beat it and like have you know the fucking race timer say yeah. it like yeah. the you know is and it, was was huge and to have the drama going in there, man. That, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really dramatic. I mean, I was literally like. The last mile felt three miles long. You know, I was yeah. like, when, where is it? I can't see it. And the last bit of it, it was like a, cause, cause again, you're, um, it was this double back. Um, but first of all, the last mile, they have a mile marker for 25, but they don't have a mile marker for 26. So the last mile is a mile point two, mm -hmm. right? So it feels yeah. longer than it should be. And then also the last point two, they had made a right into <laughs> a, into like a mall where the thing actually ended, it ended at like the God. Westwood mall or whatever it's called. There's a mall down there, yeah. horrible mall. Um, and so you're running along the course and you literally can't see the finish line. Yeah. Um, oh and until you finally make a right and then you see it right in front of you. So you don't even have the psychic yes. like, yeah. pull of seeing the finish line a quarter yep. mile ahead. Yes. And you know, I'm just so I'm just so angry about what they did to the LA Marathon because it is like it's yeah. so stupid just to save a little bit of money to like uh, you know, disembowel their own marathon that way. Like it made it so much worse instead of ending in Santa Monica to end at a mall in Century City and to make the course so unpleasant to run for everybody. Not yeah. just for me, not just for the other 15,000 people who ran, but like the elite runners who like come yeah. from, you know, around the world. Like marathon tourism is really big. People fly all over the world to do marathons. I think that's probably bad for the environment. They should just run at home. <laughs> but you know, um, like, and it's just so part and parcel of like LA's fucking problem because it's like, do we want to be a world-class city and have a world-class marathon that like people are going to want to come to go see or, or, you know, to come to participate, come to our city? Yeah. Um, no, we want to save a little bit of money. Let's make the marathon suck instead. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same approach. Like, Hey, do we want to have a public transportation system? Nah, nah. we want to have one that just punishes poor people for the sin of not owning a car and allows them to technically get to their house cleaning jobs. But we don't mind if their lives suck. We don't need a city that makes it actually possible for people to get around. We don't need, you know, uh, you know, we don't need to do anything about homelessness. We're fine with this. We don't need to, you know, keep housing prices, uh, affordable, you know, it's just like this, this like half-assed approach to running a city that I think yeah. is really, yeah. really just part of the problem here. Yeah. I mean, perfectly encapsulated in the marathon there. <laughs> just like yeah. You can all the, uh, all the problems you can see right there. Well, shit, man, that despite, despite, uh, the course, I'm glad that you finished strong and that it was, you know, ultimately a positive experience. Um, now what kind of big ass meal did you eat after this? Oh yes. What was the celebration oh, like? Really good question. Um, let's see. What the hell did I eat? Oh my God. Um, I believe, okay. The night before, 
I made myself, I am a carbo loader before a big race and I ate a whole bunch of, uh, I made a big thing of like white beans and pasta and tomato sauce Ooh. so I could eat a bunch of pasta. I also ate that the morning of the race cause it was like cold and I could just like eat some pasta quickly before like going. Yeah. Um, what the hell did I have that night? I definitely ate more of the pasta, but then what was my meal? Oh my God, I'm blanking. I'm so sorry. I can't remember okay. what it was. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to remember and 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 send it send us the hot I think hot it was info. You know, I think it was I think it was uh I think it was a big ass pod CU is what that's what I that that is what I remember saying I wanted to have, and I think that is what I got. Um <laughs> just having a whole bunch of noodles, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Very important. That's so funny. Um the biggest, the biggest, the most calories you'll ever burn in a day. And then, uh, and then you blacked out when you were eating. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, you, what did you have on your half marathons? Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, we went give and us got a, pancakes. That was give real. Post piss marathon. And then, um, <laughs> uh, post piss marathon was, I still went, we got pancakes. We went, I went and got pancakes both years after, but the first year was at, um, the pancake pantry in downtown Nashville, which is like kind of like, you know, it's like the touristy pancake spot. Great. And then the next year we went to funky griddle, which is where you make your own pancakes in the center of the table. But, but I, I get explosive diarrhea after I run long distances. <laughs> and so I can't go anywhere f for very long. So I have to drive my own yeah. car. <laughs> I got to get in, get out. And, uh, but pancakes are my big, my big post race. I was, was going to say, I think the difference between a half marathon and a marathon is, is after a marathon, I'm not going out anywhere. Yeah. I'm going to go home and like, you, you're true. just uh, on Lay the couch down. for, Yeah. 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 Uh, for at least a full day. And I like that part of it. I like the recovery. I like sort of like, you know, staggering around the house and, and feeling <laughs> like I can eat as much as I want of absolutely anything. Um, and, you know, just like feeling your body feeling different, you yes. know, is like yeah, kind of a recovering. cool feeling. Like it's so earned, you know, yeah. just yeah. like I have the yeah. right to be lazy and eat whatever the fuck I want. It's good. It's good yeah. to go to bed exhausted and sit down starved, you know, I think. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. yeah. It feels good. Um, well, a couple of takeaways that I like from this, from your whole story was I like, um, and it, for people listening out there, you mentioned the first guy that you, that you, you know, you used his book for, or his teaching, um, who said to take breaks. And I think that's great. Cause I think people look at taking long runs as being scary, but they forget that, Hey, we're all grownups walk. If you have to walk as much as you mm -hmm. need and the run yep. still counts. Even if you, even if you only jog two steps the whole time, you're still out there doing it. Like that's, that's Absolutely. great. It's very freeing to just, to give yourself that. Um, yeah. And you know, the big thing that people, uh, let me just say, if anybody wants to start running, um, the, and I really encourage it. I think running is wonderful. Um, the, the big misconception about running is a lot of people say, Oh, I tried to start running and I went out and ran 30 minutes straight and I couldn't do it. And I stopped cause it sucked. And like that, that's, you can't do that. Like nobody can do that unless yeah. you're, you know, you're wired in a very specific way. Um, but like everyone needs to like, you know, start slow and take a lot of breaks. There's a very famous program called couch to 5k. Mm -hmm. There's like a million apps called, called couch to 5k. That's how I started running. And like, it's just, you know, week one, you run for 30 seconds, walk for two minutes, run for 30 seconds, walk for two minutes. Week two, you 
run for a minute, walk for a minute, run for, and you know, then it, it gives you little timers and it gets you used to just run, walk, run, walk, run, walk. And for me personally, I just kept run walking the whole time. Um, and you know, that's, you, you can do that, you know, um, that, that's like taking breaks is so it's integral to getting better at it. Absolutely. I think I could do a marathon if I ran walked. Maybe I'll try. You could. Maybe I'll try. You could. You don't have to. Like, also, don't feel bad if you don't. I know, like, but no one I, listening you, should feel like you make a fun. Like, I'm like, I, I think I always thought you had to run the whole thing because that's my, you know, my whole vibe. Um, but I, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I could do that. It, it's meant that would be the mental part, but I think that would be a fun challenge. So maybe this is me announcing I'll try to, to run a marathon at some point. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Whoa, I whoa, think, whoa. and I think keeping it on your terms, you also mentioned Adam, even though there's some challenges that are presented with it, that you just prefer to jog in the evenings. That's another mm -hmm. important distinction too. Cause I think people think, Oh, I've got to, I've got to run uninterrupted and it's got to be in the morning. Like do exercise at the time of the day that you like to, you know, yeah. you're yeah. more, you're more likely to show up for it if that's the case. So I think, I think kind of knowing yourself and then knowing, um, knowing what you like and being honest with all those things can really help you stay consistent with that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great. Well, dude, we cannot thank you enough for joining us on the show. People should definitely go check out factual your podcast. You can get yep. it anywhere. Podcasts are, are available. Yes, to I talked to I talked to amazing experts about all the incredible things they know that I don't know and that you might not know. It's a it's a really fun show. So yeah, check it out if you don't mind. Adam, is there anything else you want to plug or tell people where to find you? I have a new show coming out on Netflix called The G Word. It's going to come out in a bit. The release date's not official yet, but it's it's coming out uh, in the next couple of weeks. I think we can safely say um, next couple months. Um, My husband's and, uh, in can, that show. Oh, yes, he is. He Woo -woo. is. Oh, he's very funny on the show. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, look for that. And, you know, you can find me uh, at Adam Conover wherever you get your social media. Love it. We love it. And for us, guys, if you have a question that you'd like us to answer or if you have something you want to brag or show off, we want to hear it. Any marathon stories out there, we'd love to hear them. You guys are always welcome to uh, give us that info. We'll talk about it on the show. You can reach us at askthedumbbells at gmail.com. And you can find us anywhere on social me media at, at the dumbbells. <laughs> Why That's do I always it. say, I always say that weird. It's no, hard. It's hard it's because hard. you go at, at the dumbbells. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I know what you mean. You can find it's us hard at, to say a social media handle. Yeah. Whew, like, the I, I stumble, <laughs> I stumble every time. I stumble on that every time on my podcast. I'm okay. sorry. I'm, I, I shouldn't be talking about this during your sign off. I'm going <laughs> to shut up. No, no, no. Thank you. I, I didn't feel as alone. Okay. Got it. So on behalf of myself <laughs> and Aaron McGowan, we're the dumbbells. Our wonderful guest today, Adam Conover. We'd like to remind everybody that's out there listening to train dirty, eat clean and live in between. Bye-bye. That was lovely. Thank you guys. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>